Mike Gwynn, who do you hope is listening to this podcast episode? Everyone, and I hope they're inspired by it. Welcome to the Tyler Loops Out of the Loop podcast. I'm your host, Jane Neal. And I probably made you afraid of dogs. <laughs> oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> Sir, I heard you say grassy ass. I could have said myself grande. Tyler will always be my home. Let's begin. My guest today is Mike Gwynn, a nationally renowned spoken word artist, author, poet, actor, event organizer, mental health advocate, and activist. He has more than 20 years of stage, film, radio, and public speaking experience. He is the director of Mike Gwynn Entertainment and founder of Uplift Your Life, a 501c3, which addresses mental health and wellness globally. Mike has been featured in the Tyler Loop's COVID Story series and is currently working with the Texas Association Against Sexual Assault's Men's Story Project. Mike, welcome to Out of the Loop Podcast. I am so glad to be here. Thank you. Let's take a listen to your story, told live at Liberty Hall in November 2019 as part of Out of the Loop Season 2. High up in a clear blue sky, I rise, soaring in symphonies, gliding upon an orchestra of freedom. Now, as I fly, I take a deep breath and taste the sun laughing in lemon drops while clouds smile soft candy cotton upon my face. And this moment becomes the sweetest memory I've ever known. Wings don't fail me now. I grew up in Jacksonville, Texas. Straight south down 69, left on East Lincoln, just north of downtown. In those days, neighborhood gossip was our cultural connection. The town newspaper was our social media, and football fueled our Friday nights. It still does. Growing up, I loved shooting BB guns, fishing out on Frankston Highway, swimming at Jacksonville Lake, and riding go-karts down Kiwi Hill. Our house was a tiny two-bedroom, one-bath, way too small for five boys, two parents, one cat, and some very bold mice. Back then, y'all, we was po. so much so that getting hand-me-downs and mixed-match socks felt like Christmas. I remember when a gallon of gas and going to the movies both cost $1.95, but the number one TV show in our house was still Good Times. Ain't we lucky we got them. Y'all know what to do. Saturday nights was soul food series at my Aunt Melvin's, at the time, one of the most popular black-owned eateries in East Texas. Always take pride in what you do, she'd say. You never know where it might take you. Her work ethic and professionalism inspired me. She turns 105 this year. When I was nine years old, my family was burning trash in the backyard one day, and someone accidentally threw in a spray paint can. It exploded. I suffered first, second, and third degree burns to my arms and face and had to have several skin grafts. I spent three months in Nan Travis Hospital. After that, life was not easy for me. I was a scared, scarred, skinny little black boy in a small town, and if you think teens are cruel now, back then they were brutal. I was already shy, lacked confidence, and I looked down on myself. 
I didn't know it at the time, but that situation provided an opportunity for me to, well, to learn who I truly was. One hot summer before junior high, I was uh, watching TV with my four brothers, and, and well, we loved TV because that was popcorn and Kool-Aid time. There was this one movie we watched called The World's Greatest Athlete, starring Jan Michael Vincent, Tim Conway, and our favorite TV dad, James from Good Time. Now, in this movie, there was this athletic jungle boy who, who, who was being, recru- being recruited by these, I guess, U.S. Olympic scouts. Well, I watched him, and I was mesmerized by his agility and stamina because he could do everything, even fly. I watched him use this bamboo stick to catapult himself through the air, and it looked like so much fun. My heart began to race. My imagination took over, and the next thing you do, the next thing I knew, Well, I had decided that I'm going to fly too. So I ran down to the old Jacksonville landfill and found me this long, rusty metal pole and began to try and jump. It was difficult at first. It looked much easier on TV, but I practiced every day, and soon I was jumping over everything. You name it, I jumped it. I even jumped over the walls of the tomato bowl, y'all, which was illegal, but don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. My, My passion and commitment inspired other neighborhood kids, and soon everybody was getting into it. Next thing you know, we held the first ever hood track meet. <laughs> the excitement, the connection, the exhilaration, it gave us something to do that didn't involve fighting and stealing. It gave us purpose and goals. Now, I didn't realize this at the time, but God often provides a skill that can help us elevate our lives in ways we could never imagine. So I began to imagine that I was in the Olympics, winning that gold medal and that everyone looked up to me. When I arrived at Jacksonville Junior High, it was a new and scary world to me. I was self-conscious because of my scars. I was a nerd, scurred, and poe, and I knew it. I had a huge chip on my shoulder because, well, I knew how everybody felt about me. But I tried to fit in. I tried out for sports, but uh, I was too skinny for football too uncoordinated for basketball, and way too slow for the sprints. Then I saw this boy using this long white pole to jump over this bar just like I saw on TV. Coach, can I try that? What, pole vault? (laughs) Sure, Gwen, go ahead and give it a try. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I grabbed the pole and gave it a go. I fell flat on my assets. (laughs) But after several attempts, I succeeded. I had finally found my niche, finally something that I could do, something that gave me purpose, and it literally catapulted me into a world I never thought existed, one that gave my hopes momentum and my life changed forever. There weren't many African-American pole vaults in the state that, in the state at that time, but I, well, I made varsity, won regionals, went on the state, and then I got a track scholarship. After college, I enlisted in the military. After completing my service, I came back to East Texas and took a job working at Rust State Hospital. There, I discovered this this gift for gab, de-escalation, conflict resolution, mediation, empowerment. So I decided to go back to school and enroll at Stephen F. Austin State University. I graduated, graduated with a degree in social work and then went on to grad school. In 96, I moved to Fort Worth. Funkertown is what we call it. I took a job working as a child abuse investigator for the state of Texas. That's 
where I found the art of poetry and spoken word. Or should I say, that's where the art of poetry and spoken word found me. One night I came in from a real long day in the field. I was emotionally drained, y'all. I sat down at my desk, put my head down, and started crying. And when I lifted my head, I had a pen in my hand. And the first thing I wrote was, what good is my master's degree if I can't even master me? What good is my master's degree if I can't even master me? I've been writing ever since. Pole vault and creative writing provided a platform for me to elevate my life in ways I never thought existed. Now, I'm a published poet, I'm an actor, a motivational speaker, and I try to use my skills to help others walk into their purpose. Now, I live in Irving now, but I thank God for my East Texas roots. And every month for the last six years, I travel from North Texas to East Texas to create safe and supportive spaces so that others can walk into their purpose. We call it getting free because high up in a clear blue sky, I still rise and nothing will stop my flight because I will. I plan on flying forever. So wings don't fail me now. I'm almost home. My name is Mike Gwynn and thank you for letting me share my heart. I love this story. I never get tired of hearing it. So inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. When I hear it, it feels like I'm watching a movie. It's so full of visual details. And like many of us, you paint a picture of childhood that's happy memories and also traumas. I'm really curious, looking back over the decades since, how do your growing up years strike you? Well, Jane, I, let me tell you. Um, Without all those trials and tribulations, there would be no lessons, no baptism by fire, puns intended, of course. <laughs> the man, the artist you see here today was forged from the flames of those past mistakes. And what well, I'm so humbled by all the wonderful lessons that I've been able to turn into a career in poetry and storytelling. So, yeah, mm. that's, how I, that's how I sum it up. Do you think of your childhood as primarily happy when you look back or is it kind of a mixed bag? It's a mixed bag. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. The pole vaulting story is so much fun to hear, and it did launch you, pun intended, into a new life. But help us understand how you went from being an athlete to this whole new skill set in conflict resolution, mediation, and empowerment. Where did that come from? After college, I enrolled in the Army. And then when I came home, I took a job working at Rust State Hospital. There is where I discovered that I had this ability to Work the room, if you will. Uh, when a patient was highly agitated and physical, I, I, I was able to come in and, and talk them down without anybody being hurt. And, and that's when I decided that I need to go back to school and major in social work. So adding some actual social work skills to go along with this savvy, street, smart, quick-witted, you know, skill that I have, it kind of worked out for me. Yes. Yeah. On the topic of skill sets, I want to ask you about acting. So it isn't in your story, but anyone who heard your bio at the top of the podcast knows you are a man with an award-winning acting career. So I'd love to hear how that got started. Well, you know, Jane, I was always the class clown. I got in trouble a lot. In eighth grade, <laughs> I signed up to audition for a role in Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. 
Uh, in that play, I played the role of Robin, the fairy. Mm-hmm. It was right then that the acting bug bit me. And man, it was crazy. I remember opening night, I uh, was slipping and sliding across the stage. Maybe somebody forgot to mop it or dust mop it. And there were some crazy angles. And, and I was wearing these really baggy black leotards. And every time that I would get a certain angle, the light would shine through. And all you could see were my tidy whities <laughs> I've been transparent ever since. <laughs> so uh, after that, you know, it was easy to audition. You know, and I, you know I, I've always been good with memorization. So, you know, just being able to, uh, you know, follow direction and just be willing to put myself out there. And it's just kind of, you know, I kind of used all the other skills and it, you know, it's helped me uh, walk into that career as well. Wow. I want to tell you, it's rare to find someone who's both very performative and theatrical like you are, but also introspective and reflective. And that's you. So I love this line in your story. It's so powerful. What good is my master's degree if I can't even master me? I've been writing ever since. What does it mean to you to master yourself and how has writing been a part of it? Well, um, man, that's a that's a great question. First of all, you know, we never truly master ourselves, but we can master a skill or an instrument. But the world changes so much that we have to change with it. And, and that means we have to continue to remaster ourselves. Uh, but what we can do is be open to implementing new ways to find and hold on to inner peace Diet, meditation, exercise is a part of that because to me, there's really only one true master and um, we are we are always going to be people who are working to just be better people from day to day. So looking through your extensive list of talents and projects, is there one that is really dear to you right now? Hmm. What are you working on these days, Mike? Well, to be honest, I work on a lot of different things, Jane. I do. I, I, I'm all over the place, you know. But if I'm looking back at my life, to me, the one project, the one place that I've always felt like I've came back home is the title loop. I've always been able to uh, kind of be able to tell my story. And and it's an East Texas-based movement and I really am proud of the opportunity to come back home and 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 because that's as close as home as as I'll get since you know my, my I have two brothers that have now passed and and my father's not here my grandmother's not here who raised me and hmm. and so Tallaloop has kind of become a family and uh you know more than a project it's a movement and you know in that movement I've kind of gained some new momentum so thank you that's such a huge compliment um one thing that totally surprised me because I didn't know is that when you told your story for us, even though you had done tons of acting and spoken word, that was the first time you told a true personal story. I had never, never, ever done that. And you kind of pulled it out of me and, and uh, made me go deeper. And, and uh, I haven't looked back since. So I appreciate you for that. So You're, thank you. You are more than welcome. But I, what I want to hear about, because I know I'm super curious, you just told me before we started this, used to me that you've been telling other true personal stories in the meantime. Well, you know, I have the story about the neighbor. Then I have uh, the story about, you know, me being that kid who tried out for that play. And it's kind of a Christmas story. So it's really, really good. So I have that one. And then, you know, I have a story about the military, how I became a marksman. And, and, you know, 
just from being here in East Texas and having a BB gun and shooting, having a contest with my brothers, who could, who's the best and shooting leaves off of trees and shooting at flies. And you know, when you get to the army, that target, that big old target, that was easy. So uh-huh. I've written a lot of different stories and I've shared them in a lot of different places since uh, the title loop. And the reason why is because of, well, because of COVID, you know, I've had an opportunity to do a lot of things with Zoom and, and StreamYard. It kind of lit a fire under me, a storytelling fire. So I've been able to win a couple of story slams. I've opened up for a couple of storytellers. I've been on a lot of great storytelling um, platforms. But yeah, it, it all started with you uh, sending back my work about 15 times saying, no, more. Give me more, <laughs> Michael. Here, do this. That's you, not how I remember I know, it. I know, I know. <laughs> you were very nice, but it really it really challenged me. Like, you, know, you may want to consider this, but that was, that was me saying, okay, I can do better. So I really appreciate Aww. that. But yeah, that storytelling thing is, uh, I, I never told a story before. And look I, at you now. There you go. I want you to talk a little bit about, compare those two, getting up in front of a huge crowd and doing spoken word versus telling a true personal story. Well, the difference is, is that spoken word is shorter. Uh, the audience doesn't, doesn't really have an opportunity to get as, get as close to you as they do when you give them a little bit more details, which is what you do in storytelling. You take them on more of a journey. Mm-hmm. And in spoken word, there's kind of uh, an expectation that it's going to be three to four minutes. You know, after that, you know, on to the next poet. But in storytelling, you you just get to um, take the audience on a, on a ride. So that's I, right. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think that's a perfect description. Yeah. You take the audience on a ride yeah. and you can do the ups and downs. I think storytelling is so much more vulnerable because when you're acting or even in spoken word, there is the potential that you can have a persona. Mm-hmm. So even though you're in front of the crowd, you've got this version of you that's right. coming out. But when you're right. telling things that actually happened in your actual life, that filter's gone. Yeah, it's all gone. And next thing you know, you've said something maybe you shouldn't have said, but at least you know it goes with the story. Is there anything else important that hasn't come up yet? You know, I think, uh, as always, Jane, you've covered everything. What you, do you mean, as always? Because you're pretty good at what you're doing here. I think one day you're going to have all your guests come back. And they're going to actually interview you one day. Oh, I would love that. And that would be so these, much fun. Ask you these tough questions that you'd be asking us. That's you know right. I get a taste of my own medicine. That's right. Then. That's right. And it, and, and it needs to happen soon, folks. Y'all hear me? I hope that, you know, uh, one, I hope that the Tyler Loop continues to do these amazing things with storytelling and poetry and these platforms and the news and trying to bridge the gap in a lot of places multiculturally and socially and politically. I, I hope that continues. And two, I just hope to continue to be a part of maybe inspiring someone to know that that little kid from a small town, it can always make it. And then when you do, there will be platforms like this one that they can share that story as they look back on their lives. So thank you. And I'm so grateful this is a platform that found you. Oh, that'll be $10, by the way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm it's an honor to have you here with us, Mike. Thank I you. I am honored. Thank you. The Out of the Loop podcast was recorded at the Innovation Pipeline in downtown Tyler by Preston Hutto, with technical support from Neil Katz and Leah Wansley. Music is provided by the Tyler, Texas duo Gypsum and the Travelers. Out of the Loop is a production of The Tyler Loop, a nonprofit news and culture magazine and storytelling platform for Tyler and East Texas. We run on memberships from informed, engaged residents like you who value in-depth, inclusive reporting. Check us out at thetylerloop.com. Mm-hmm.